right, welcome everybody uh, to the latest episode of the Here's Johnny podcast. Um, once again, Justin is not able to be here. He actually got kind of sick, so if you're able to, to send him some well wishes while he recovers. Um, it's definitely not where you want to be in it during the holidays. And we were supposed to do the Patreon-designed episode uh, this week with Marcus. Um, but obviously, since Justin can't be here, we aren't going to do that without him. But... I am still joined by that very same patron. Hello, Marcus. Welcome to the show. Hello, Larry, and hello, listeners out there. <laughs> I uh, came to Marcus yesterday because that was when I found out that Justin was sick. That's when he found out he was sick. And I immediately called Marcus, and he was willing to step in. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited to do this. I was telling him, uh, Marcus, it took a little bit of hiatus from his streaming on Twitch. And I'm used to hearing his voice like four or five times a week, even if I'm not interacting in his chat. So it was nice to hear his voice again. That's so kind of you. That's so sweet. I'm glad to be here, though. <laughs> and the kind of the design of this episode is just to kind of do like a breakdown, like at end of the year, like what we've been playing, what we've been watching, um, and then kind of save the really meat and potatoes of Marcus's episode, because it's going to be really cool until next week. So I guess... Do you want to start off with TVs, movies, games, or books, Marcus? Oh, that's a good question. Um, let's start with books first, because I haven't really done much of that, <laughs> so my, my my section of that will be very small. All right, well, I'll let you go first. Well, so I've been trying to keep a list of things to read, and that's probably going to be... Like, I don't really do New Year's resolutions anymore, but uh-huh. um, I guess that's... Like, I do want to try to diversify my reading a little bit but um as you know and maybe some of the listeners out there know i'm a huge destiny to mm-hmm. uh person and so i've been collecting these books that the developer bungie has been publishing their destiny's lore is huge and they, it's intimidating it is intimidatingly yeah, huge <laughs> it is it is it's i don't I'd, I'd be curious to meet the people that write it i think they're just <laughs> in a way in a closet somewhere i don't know but um in, a, in an effort to make it feel a little less intimidating and as a nod to the fans they release these uh lore book collections every now and then and really? it's like yeah it's, so it's kind of themed on a certain topic so like the very first one is is kind of like the beginning of one of the major enemy factions the hive it's all the lore mm-hmm. from destiny that's 1. my favorite faction mm-hmm. so it's 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 all the lore around like how they started and then there's like some other things too it's the it's the it's the uh the the fight between two sort of cowboy characters from the old history of destiny if you um for anybody out there that plays it there's a there's a gun out there called the thorn it's a hand cannon yep. it's sort of the history behind that um really cool stuff so anyways there there are up to five of those books now and i've been collecting these books and so now i feel like it's time for me to kind of sit down and just read and they're and they're organized in a really good way so you could just sit and just read through them so are they similar to like the zelda like the hyrule compendium books are you aware kind of those of it, Okay. Yeah, yeah, but it's not necessarily like an encyclopedia kind of thing or anything like that. It's more like, if if, if like it, however you read that these lore entries in Destiny, it's those exact entries. They're just organized in a chunk. So it's like, the the book of how the hive started. It's all, it's all together in like forty pages or whatever, and you can read through it. That's so. actually really awesome. Do you like reading them so far? 
I do. Yeah, they're uh, they're really cool because like I like reading all of the lore stuff that's in game. So it gives mm -hmm. me an extra chance to like catch up on maybe a lot of the lore that I didn't read when I was playing Destiny One because I I wasn't really as big into it in Destiny One as I am now in Two. So yeah, being able to kind of like read through all that has been really cool. So I'm trying to get through some of those while you know trying to stretch my legs a bit on some new science fiction for the new year. Uh, nothing nothing's like glaring at me just yet except um I'm kind of thinking about reading the original Dune. Okay, have you read it before? I haven't, but um, I mean that book is so old. Like my 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 mom read it when she was in high school. I read it in 2019 for the first time. Um, as long as you are okay with world building, and it sounds like from your Destiny lore, you're kind of cool with it. Because the first half of the Book of Dune is literally just setting up the political world, mm -hmm. and then everything else happens after that. So it's a big ask if you don't like that kind of stuff. I, I thought it was good. I tried reading the second Dune book, but I couldn't get into it. But the first book by itself is very good. I I have more patience for that kind of stuff if it's like a sci-fi setting I've learned. Like, uh -huh. I when I was, uh, I guess, you know, teenage years when the Lord of the Rings movies came out. Yeah. I, I had to see Fellowship of the Ring to kind of get pictures of characters in my head. But then I was able to actually read the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I don't know if I could go back and read those books again because it, they are rough. verbose. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the audiobooks were fine. Like I, I, I've always been a big proponent that The Hobbit is the best of those four because mm -hmm. it's just it's more self-contained and it's faster. Those Lord of the Rings books. I mean, I have like I, I love them. Don't get me wrong, but they are a, a chore at times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I don't, I don't really know if I have the patience right now to dive into like chore books. You yeah. know, like if mm -hmm. I'm going to get back into reading a lot more, I need it to be a little bit simpler right now until like I can wake that part of my brain up again. No, I get it. I get it. What else? As far as books go, honestly, that's it right now. Okay. Uh, so for me, I finished up my listen through of the series of unfortunate events. So I listened to the penultimate peril and the end. Um, I haven't touched those books, man, since I was in like middle school, high school and to have them read to me by tim curry dude it was i didn't know that tim curry was narrating those that's cool oh yeah and like i'm not sure if you know like the series of much we do about like you know mr poe coughs a lot mm -hmm. so instead of tim curry reading like he coughed tim curry coughs oh nice it's it, and it's like stuff like that that is really 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 well done and like each one's like four hours like the longest thing was six hours mm -hmm. and it's just i mean it's tim curry right like it's it's an absolute blast so it was fun to go through and listen to those audiobooks and then i just finished the golden compass audiobook by philip pullman i want to watch the tv show so yeah i'm reading golden compass mainly because i want to get the books done before i watch the tv show his dark material is on hbo mm -hmm. um and i haven't touched those also since i was a kid um but currently the audiobook I'm listening to is the last command which is the third book uh, in the Zahn trilogy, uh, in the Thrawn trilogy from Timothy Timothy Zahn, did okay. you ever read those? I did not. No. So, obviously now it's no longer canon, but like if you like Star Wars, like the the Thrawn trilogy is like the best. I think the books have to offer, um, and I've read a lot of it too. So okay, I I, I don't want to spoil anything because it's it's really really good, but it's basically Luke, Han, and Leia. And then Thrawn, if you watch Rebels or anything, you know who Thrawn is. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of cool. And then, like, 
books, books that I've read. I finished the book The Last Days of Jack Sparks by Jason Arnop. Um, that was basically my, my TikTok algorithm now is books and dogs. And so <laughs> um, this was recommended if you liked the Blair Witch Project, you should watch or you should read this book. And basically um, it's about an author who we know up front died. Mm-hmm. And he, his book that he was writing was trying to disprove the existence of ghosts and the devil and stuff. And it's a very, like, new agey kind of thing. Like, it takes into account, like, Twitter and YouTube and, like, all that kind of stuff and interacting on social media. And it's a really interesting book because it's not going to spoil anything, but, like, you'll read a chapter. And since his brother is putting together this book, like, after he is dead, his brother is including entries from other people who were there during the events of that chapter okay and like yeah. so you immediately know you cannot trust what you're reading from like jack sparks interesting okay it's only like 300 pages and it reads fast um it's it was it's really 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 good I and always the, find like unreliable narrators oh, dude, as like too. a really cool point of view it, it, it's really cool especially because it's like you read something in this like I don't want there's, there's a lot of like twists and turns along the way but like it's just so cool you read something and you think you can like believe what he's saying or like yeah he's kind of a dick and then you read someone else's perspective who was there and it's like wait what like and then like mm-hmm. there were times where I went back and reread like sections of the chapter after reading that because it's like oh that makes a lot more sense now it's it was a very fun read okay very cool all right and then currently i am reading the book called the terror by dan simmons um i think there's a tv show based on it now but about halfway through it's like 800 pages um it's a historical fiction Mm -hmm. about these two ships that were trying to find the northwest passage through the arctic circle and got snowed in and stuck and there is something out on the ice that is killing the crew one by one yeah sounds intriguing yes and i i I like it i'm trying to get it done because i'm working on something with rachel and i I have to start working reading that sooner rather than later Mm -hmm. um but yeah uh my my book reading has gone down a lot (laughs) since i've been home like on vacation because i have been playing video games which we'll get to i think here in a little bit Mm -hmm. uh but but yeah that's the books all right, Marcus. Movies, yes. games, or TV? Uh, let's do movies next. I'll okay. take movies for 300, Larry. <laughs> all right. Well, why don't you go ahead and tell me what you've been watching? Uh, first of all, and I know this is kind of popular in a lot of people's Netflix uh, lists recently, but I recently watched uh, Glass Onion, which is the second of Ryan Johnson's Knives Out movies. So I have um, not seen Knives Out. Do I need to see that to watch this? Absolutely not. In fact... Okay. I saw this message on Twitter or something. Somebody had talked to Ryan Johnson about it and he was, and so like when you watch the movie, it just, the title card just says glass onion, but he, but he, like on Netflix, Netflix clarifies. It's like glass onion, a knives out mystery. Yes. And he's like, yes. he's like, man, I hate that they did that because like, it's, it's not like a sequel to knives out. Like these two films are, are so separated. And the only thing that connects them obviously is Daniel Craig's yes. detective character. Okay. And it's 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 set up like 
those really cool books that you probably used to read there it's just like oh another adventure it's like a sherlock holmes it's like another adventure in so-and-so's story you know yeah but, yeah but but there's no there's no correlation to, between the two of them which okay. i think is really cool did you so, like no, it you, oh i loved it it was so good like despite people's feelings on how ryan johnson treated a star wars film like the way he's done these films is, is so incredibly smart ryan johnson um, has directed some of my favorite television episodes of all time from breaking bad mm -hmm. and yes i have my issues with a star wars film but like i'm not going to hold that one thing against him like he, he made yeah. what he wanted to do but and like knives out like all the I, I love a I love a movie that will take an eclectic, well-known cast and put them in really cool roles. And like, Knives Out was all mostly like spoiled rich people, kind of mm -hmm. like from a family. But like Glass Onion, just a very very quick synopsis of anyone that doesn't know what it is. Essentially, it's about uh, an eccentric billionaire who invites his very close knit circle of friends to his island for the weekend. He's kind of like a uh, an Elon Musk type, I guess. Oof, okay. Played played by Edward Norton. Oh, okay, perfect. <laughs> okay, yeah. you got you got me back in. You, you, yeah, you distracted yeah. me, then you brought me right back in. <laughs> and so, like his little group of circle, they're all like those stereotypes that you've seen on on all the social media. You've got like, you've got like the the mansplaining Andrew Tate type played by Dave <laughs> Bautista. Uh, oh, I, I was gonna ask, is Batista in it a lot? I saw him on TikTok promote, uh, giving Oh yeah, he's he's like he's like front and center in this for a lot of reasons. Okay, cool. Uh Kate Hudson has a role in it. Um uh who else? Uh it's 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 a it's an eclectic class uh cast and then uh like Janelle Monet is in it. Oh, okay. Um very front and then so Daniel Craig's detective character is thrown into this mix too. Uh, and it starts off like he invited all of his friends to do like a fake murder mystery on his island and then it turns into a real murder mystery <laughs> and so it's it's so cool and it's like it was it's a two and almost a two and a half hour movie but okay. it, i felt like it flew by all right like great. i was so great. ingrained it was so good yeah okay so cool all right then maybe because I, I hadn't seen knives out so i was kind of like putting it on the back burner but if i don't need to watch knives out then i will I'm yeah. Look at this. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. What really cool. Um. Recently, just finished a rewatch of the Hobbit trilogy. Um, okay. Because okay. Uh, this goes into the TV show thing a bit, but uh, about a month or so ago, is I finally finished Rings of Power, and then I was like, you know what? I, I'm overdue for a Tolkien rewatch of sure. all of that stuff. Yeah. I had not seen the Hobbit movies except one time when they were in their theater releases. I think I watched so, them for the first time over the summer yeah yeah and so like i was watching them kind of like out of obligation because like i loved the lord of the rings movies and so i was like yeah. okay i'll, I'll rewatch these and they were okay but they never really like blew me away but um, yeah, they're not bad the problem with them at least in my cause like i said the hobbit's my favorite book is like it should have been one movie yeah two yeah it was at the it most was you did not definitely need to blow that up. yeah yeah like the first two especially felt really drag and then it felt like for at least the first half of the third one battle of the five armies it's like they rushed through a whole bunch of stuff yeah. real fast yeah I, so, I agree i totally agree I, and it was it it made it a little better that i watched the extended editions yes um so it added a little bit more to it and it was it was kind of cool and i feel like what those movies do really well is the way that they brought back um 
some of the actors from the lord of the rings in a way that helps segue the hobbit movies directly into lord of the rings so you could like without knowing anything about any of that you could probably just watch the hobbit movies first and then have yes. it immediately go into the lord of the rings and and it's it's pretty seamless so I, that's something i always appreciated about it so rewatch those um and other than that i like a while ago i had tried to start doing a, like a marvel rewatch but like that's intimidating in itself that's so, so huge I'm, yeah I, yeah so i'm gonna like hold off on that um and I'm, I'm just trying to like i'm trying to like watch new things on these streaming platforms that are like original to them yeah um so i have some like right now i'm working through some shows on apple tv plus uh, but like, there's some movies on there that I want to watch. I, I think Will Smith just put out a new film on there that I oh, want the to Oh, the Emancipation, catch. right? Mm -hmm. Let me yeah, know who yeah. that is. I don't have Apple TV, but I've heard. Yeah, good I'll things. let you know. So that's about it from my movies. What about you? Okay, so in the lead up to Christmas, and I'll talk about this in TV a little bit too. I watched the three Tim Allen Santa Claus movies. Um, oh, I haven't seen the third one, but I, I saw the first two when I was like a kid. Yeah, um, they're still good. Like, they're funny. The Santa Claus 2 is probably my favorite. Like, I like it because it's like a hallmark, but it's less cheesy, I guess. Um, and I, I thought they were they were fine. And I'll talk about the TV show then um, we get to the TV. I, I did watch that, too. Uh, I watched the next um, movie in my studio, Ghibli, first time watch through, which was Princess mm -hmm. Mononoke. Oh, perfect have, film. Have you, so you've seen it? Long time ago, but I, I did see it. Yeah. I was not prepared for how graphic that one was going to be. Because <laughs> I had just come, <laughs> I'm watching him in order, and I think like the last two were like high school love triangle kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And this one with like the demon and like the, the boars and the forests and the wolves. and It was a lot. Uh, it's probably my favorite to date of my watch through. Um, the next one yeah. I have is My Neighbor, the Yamadas. Um, we're probably going to watch it this weekend. So so that's that. Um, I watched The Muppets Treasure Island, kind of continuing my Tim Curry kick. <laughs> uh, I was just like, laying, like, I just couldn't think of anything. And I saw it on Disney Plus, And I was like, man, I have not watched this in forever. And so I watched it, and it was wonderful. I loved it. Um, I watched Zoolander because it's been all over TikTok, and it had been a very long time since I'd seen it. It's um, so weird how the memes from that are, are just now popping up. Dude, and, like, the Who Is She one. Like, I think for a while there, that was all I was getting, and every single one was funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was the first time my wife had seen Zoolander, and according to her, it was the worst movie she had ever seen, and she can't <laughs> believe that I liked it. Um, it was a different time back then. <laughs> She's like, I can't believe how stupid it is. And I was like, no, it, I don't know. I, I love Zoolander. Um, I was really surprised. How long has it been since you've seen it, Marcus? I probably saw it when it first came to, like, DVD or whatever, okay. way back when. So you know who Alexander Skarsgård is? He was the North I remember him being. I remember him being that in that, yeah. Yeah, he's one of the dudes who, like, who's playing with the gasoline and gets caught on fire at the very beginning. One of Zoolander's roommates. Right, right, but he's yeah. super skinny in that. Yeah, like that he hadn't put on ago. his muscles yet, so I was like, "Wow, that's weird to see mm -hmm. to see you here after seeing you in the Northmen." So, so that was cool. And then yesterday, um, like the bowl games are going on, and like the college football playoffs are on Saturday. So I watched "Remember the Titans." 
Ooh. Um, okay. It had been a long time since I had seen that movie, and man, it is still so good. Nice. Yeah, that was that was really fun. fun I uh, to watch. You talk about Christmas movies, reminded me that I I tried to be in the holiday spirit this year and watch stuff, and I just didn't get around to it. Except I cannot let Christmas pass without watching Die Hard. <laughs> so I did watch Die Hard. <laughs> and I don't care about these social media clips where Bruce Willis is at his own roast and he said, it's not a Christmas movie. I don't believe him. Oh, it's a, it takes place on Christmas. It's got to be a Christmas movie. It's yeah. all about the vibe. The vibe is what matters. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be about Santa Claus. It has to be the Christmas vibe. And that movie de- definitely has the Christmas vibe. It does, yeah. That was my one Christmas uh, film contribution this year. Okay. Perfect. And now, TV or games, Marcus? Let's go ahead and talk TV, because we all know what we want to talk about. Okay, so we will save the big thing for the end. Yeah, um, yeah. And besides that, though, why don't you tell me what you've been watching? Uh, so currently, like I said, I'm, I'm on my run of Apple TV shows right now. So I'm watching season two of uh, one on there called Physical. And it has um, the name of her the actress escapes me at the moment I'm, I'm looking it up but uh it is a drama kind of like a black comedy drama ish about it's in, like in the 80s uh the main character she is sort of like this uh very bored housewife lives this sort of oppressed life where it's like she has to play that 80s housewife role yeah. she doesn't really get to live out her dreams at all or whatever um and unfortunately uh the actress's name is rose Byrne. that's that's her name oh She's yeah. Been stuff. yeah 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 yeah. she was in um what was Price that scary sense. movie with oh, patrick wilson movie. it was patrick wilson it's one with the, the demon looks like darth mole sidious Not, insidious thank you my lord okay yeah, sorry yeah. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so rose Byrne is this is this uh housewife and like her husband is like this liberal professor who's also like an activist and so like he has his own gravity to everything so anyways um she she unfortunately has an an eating uh disorder and she tries to hide that and then somehow that segues into her discovering jazz aerobics okay and and so she's like oh, taking okay lessons. i've seen a trailer for this now yeah okay. yeah yeah so she's like she's taking lessons and then it, it it's it's like this long thing about how she becomes the the videotape at home jazz aerobics teacher that like <laughs> propels her to fame or whatever and it's like all of this kind of kooky stuff that happens so i'm watching season two of that it, it's entertaining it's it like the episodes aren't super long and um it has some of that same camera work that I love from like Euphoria, that those sort of like long, oh, quick zooms. I yeah. love, I love that camera style. So it does some of that too. But okay, uh, I've been, I've been watching that. Um, I just finished some of my Amazon run through of stuff. So like I said, I, I watched Rings of Power, and I was very. So tell impressed. me your thoughts. So tell, yeah, tell me your thoughts on Rings of Power. Yeah, I, I wasn't really expecting much because I was like, okay, here comes Amazon trying to cash in on some sort of property, whatever. But as I watched it, I, f- I, f- I felt pretty drawn into it. I can't say that, like, I thought it was amazing, but yeah. I uh, I did enjoy it. Um, thought Because I don't really know anything about the Silmarillion at all, which yeah. is like the, those appendix yep. stuff. 
so like being able to watch it and kind of see you know some of the formings of of what becomes you know the middle earth that we know from hobbit and and lord of the rings was kind of cool um i think they did really well with like scenery and some of the characters in theirs um so yeah i mean like i said it, i didn't i don't think it was like fantastically amazing but i thought it did really well for a first season of a lord of lord of the rings property yeah i thought it was beautiful to look at like you said some of the scenery some of the shots like when they first went to uh what's that land of the humans across the, the ocean i forget what it's called top of my head right now uh numenor yes numenor that was mm-hmm. breathtaking and then the minds of moria were great too i think the problem like I, I, I talked about this like weeks like weeks ago when i finished it but like i just i just didn't care about anybody's story besides disa durin and elrond like everybody else mm-hmm. it's like like their lines were weird like i wanted to love galadriel but like i just couldn't get into her and then the reveal like sauron and stuff like it just didn't work for me like i yeah like it, it's not bad it's not a bad show i have i have watched bad shows it's just like it's like we talk about the the hobbit and obviously peter jackson's lord of the rings trilogy it's just like some of the magic of like the conversation and the dialogue and like the, the character building i feel was really missed here with the exception of Elrond, Disa, and Durin. Like, I, I could have watched them <laughs> on the screen just every episode nonstop. Like, mm-hmm. when Disa went and confronted Durin about, like, t- telling Elrond the secrets and stuff, and I don't know. I I loved I loved Disa. Like, I think I talked about it, but Disa was my favorite character out of that show. Yeah. I, like, like, I think it was, it was a good show. And, um... So the last one that I will mention is yeah. another Amazon Prime exclusive one. Uh, they just finished their first season. Um, and I want to add, it's based on the book that I'm going to add to my list, but it was, the show is called The Peripheral. That's with Chloe um, Grace Moretz, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, really cool concept. Um, it's, I, I, I can't really go too much into it because I feel like it kind of gives stuff away, but okay. it's, it's sort of this idea of using like, advanced vr tech to be able to control host bodies like robot ish kind of bodies interesting okay um but it but it doesn't all take place in the same time period either okay so there's it's at part there's like parts of it that feel kind of matrixy i guess but like it's it's a it's a unique take on like our present versus our future um and it, it kind of has me hooked and like i read like a brief synopsis of what the book like the first entry in the book series is like and mm-hmm. I, it it sounds different uh, i think i think the book series is written quite a while ago so um so the show has to update that but i think what really intrigued me about the peripheral before i even watched it was the fact that one of its creators is jonathan nolan who is responsible for westworld oh okay okay uh, which rest in peace Westworld I'm oh so gosh. sad That's... and angry to hear that it got cancelled you know what Marcus whenever you're done with your movies we need to, or your, your TV shows we need to have a quick conversation okay <laughs> um, but yeah I think that's that's pretty much been what my tv shows are now like i said i'm working through some of my apple tv entries and then uh yeah be back to netflix i guess all right so since you and i are literally just recording and like kind of shooting the shit and just talking 
what do you think about James Gunn's DCU reboot? I am surprised you have not made a TikTok about this. I, uh, I, I am curious to hear your thoughts, and I'm obviously willing to share mine as well. Well, so I, I think you and I share the same opinion on Snyderverse stuff. I think you and I, for the most part, are kind of on the same page with how we feel about that, which, you know, I, I, I I'm very angry that Zack Snyder was not trusted the way that Disney trusts Kevin Feige. Yes, I agree with that 100%. Um, um, it's funny, I, I saw a TikTok the other day that somebody was said, the reason why Disney seems to win with a lot of its TV shows and properties lately is because they hire people who are nerdy for the material and just say, here's the money, here's your freedom, go, do the thing. And I would say that the DC content that has been best, putting the Snyder stuff aside has been the content that is done similarly like i think that the harley quinn show is done by people like that because i Mm -hmm. the harley quinn show i think to me is my favorite with my favorite tv of the year like that third season there was an episode that i literally watched four times in a row because i just Mm -hmm. could not get enough of it and it's not even about batman right right it, it or even harley quinn like it was just like it's just it's like playing with the universe and the characters and the people that we love and just like having a lot of fun with it and i also look at like matt reeves batman and then the joker like Mm -hmm. it's people who are taking these interesting characters and doing interesting things with them while like they don't necessarily need to stay true to the source material because let's be it's comics right the source material kind of there are some like really hard staples but you can play with it it's like yeah it's like having that heart that is needed. And some of like the DC properties hasn't had that heart. I think that's why Peacemaker was so successful. You, you've seen Peacemaker, right? I know, yeah, I'm Peacemaker sure, yeah. was, Peacemaker blew me away. Cause blew I was like- Blew my shit away. Absolutely. Yeah, I, was like, <laughs> I was like, okay. Like I, I enjoyed James Gunn's Suicide Squad film, but you're gonna take this character that I didn't really pay much attention to in, in the film and you're gonna make his own show. But then, man, every single episode every I was single. just in love with. And, like, the the, the 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 comedy to, like, the drama in that show was just peak. And, mm-hmm. yes. Okay, so continue on. Yeah, I, I would agree so, with you that, for the most part, Disney's properties under Feige seem to be, like, driven by a love of the source material. You can like it or not like it. But yeah, and plus there's also like that debate that's happening. Like you're you're getting these these filmmakers like Martin Scorsese and Quentin Tarantino that are coming out against Marvel films because mm-hmm. they feel like it kind of cheapens the genre or cheapens the the medium. And yeah. I I I'm just not wanting to have that debate with anybody because I don't care. Like I'm getting to that point now. It you you asked me why I haven't really like, made any content on this is because I'm getting to this point now where I'm. I am just tired of having to defend my position on stuff mm-hmm. sometimes. Like, yes, I get that Batman v Superman is not a well-loved film. Yes. It's still one of my favorite pieces. Like, if you give me Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, and the Zack Snyder Justice League together, like, I feel like that that could have been the basis of something incredible. Yeah, you could even throw in the first Wonder Woman movie in that, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like even, like like you said, the first Wonder Woman movie, 
unfortunately like aquaman's probably kind of controversial now especially with amber heard in it yeah. and um and then uh, obviously this flash movie if that's even going to come out who <laughs> I, knows? I know i i have a bet going with my friend i don't think it's going to come out and that's so sad because like i love michael keaton that's oh, that's yeah. the reason i want to see that movie is oh, michael yeah. keaton is in it mm-hmm. um but i'm with I, you like martin scorsese is my favorite director of all time and i've seen him say that and like I think like some of his stuff is taken out of the context because like he's trying to make a larger point. But like, I watch independent cinema and I watch the big blockbuster shit. Like, I mm-hmm. I can do both. Like, there is no world precluding the other. Like, I think his larger point is like those tent pulls, those MCU DCU stuff is like taking away money from like independent films. But there's a twenty four who is just constantly putting out good material. Yeah. So, so like, I just. I mean, I don't even want it. I don't want an indie movie from Disney anyway, because it's going to be like corporatized. Like, give me that A twenty four like super weird shit. But I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, like, and I'm we're a- we're allowed to to like what we like, you yeah. know. And it's just like it doesn't mean that we only like, like you know, I enjoy steak dinners, but it doesn't mean that I can't mess up a giant bowl of cheap ass ramen. Exactly. And still love it. Exactly. You know. Yes. So yes. my to to kind of summarize my point, like. So I, I've enjoyed what James Gunn has filmed yes. in the past here. I don't know how I feel about him taking over. And I would have felt better about it had he not come into power and then immediately, like, it sounds like everything's getting gutted again. Like, they got, obviously, they fired Henry Cavill. Yeah. Um, and the, the Black Adam thing is that just, sounds like more of the rock than anything else i mean the yeah rock i think it is took a yeah giant black eye for me at least like yeah because like it, it came out that he like declined to be in a shazam movie and black adam is like he is shazam yes exactly yeah, he's shazam's joker like why like black like, adam is too big for shazam is like dude you are second fiddle <laughs> like what are you talking about exactly exactly so like you even know, the joker just... movie had to have a batman reference because joker's not bigger than the bat <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so it's just it's just not working out well for them and like i get that they're trying to like do this new sort of reboot kind of thing mm-hmm. but it's like we've been watching the snyder stuff since what 2013 or whatever in, when man i of Steel was first, yeah i was in college out. when man of steel came out yes yeah, so that's a yeah, long same time here. and like now you're telling us that oh well none of your time mattered you know like then we're just gonna start over again and like thank god for the matt reeves batman film like i can i will i will watch that like once a month for the rest of my life i don't know that movie was just so good yeah and i'm also really excited for the next joker movie with gaga playing harley like i know and it's gonna be like kind of a it's gonna be like a musical kind of sign me the fuck up i will be there opening (laughs) night just oh my god but i'm I'm with you I, i will tell you i think the biggest thing that made me kind of go oh crap with the james gunn takeover was Cavill leaving because I think Cavill not only is a very good actor and had did a hell of a job as in the Man of Steel and I wish we had gotten more of him as Superman but like a lot different than like say like Ben Affleck or some of these other actors like Cavill knows the source material like he is like an actual like nerd when it comes to this stuff it's the reason why he walked away from the Witcher because Mm -hmm he wanted to stay true to the books the story writers didn't want to do it and that became evidently clear with this like new witcher show i've never watched the witcher but like apparently the witcher has a kid and that's like not possible 
according to the stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, so I'm not going to get into all that, but like losing Henry Cavill sucks, and for a lot of reasons. And I was trying to look at it like from like a sports perspective, and it's like if you were going to like rebuild a football team or a baseball team and like someone told you like we are going to give you like five years to like put together a plan build your own roster and do what you want to do i would kind of want to start from like scratch but also but also like get people who understood my vision was going to be and like if cavill didn't want to take superman back to scratch which is what i'm guessing happened because gun and cavill like put out a note at the same time like it didn't seem like they were they were trying to knock each other down they didn't seem it, it seemed like they just didn't agree with what they wanted to do and so right. they split so i'm okay with that if you, if you as far as i'm concerned that's like adults right like that's not like what mm-hmm. the rock was doing that's like two adults realizing okay we this isn't going to work for us we're just going to separate right and so i don't know like I, I can tell you for as much as batman is like i mean you know like my goat like i do not need another batman origin story oh nobody does yeah like i, I don't need it like we like you can reference it if you want to but i don't need that i i don't think people need another superman origin story agreed like i so like and i've heard talk of them going back and doing young stuff which is interesting mm-hmm. but i've been and you know i've talked about this like i've been wanting to see like a batman beyond i think oh yeah like like a michael keaton as bruce wayne and then somebody for terry mcginnis yeah absolutely yeah and like I know. I don't. It, so, like, I, I, I am choosing to be hopeful. I am choosing to be excited. I am choosing to 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 not be afraid of what could happen because everything that James Gunn has done, Guardians of the Galaxy, and his stuff with DC, I have really enjoyed, like a lot. Like that's true. The, yes. The, the Suicide Squad was very good. It was funny and it was dark in a ways that like. Guardians of the Galaxy wasn't able to be dark because Marvel keeps it, you know, PG-13 light. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that fight between Peacemaker and, um, what's-his-face? Uh, when, when Peacemaker stabs him in the heart. Like, that was... Oh, Robert Patrick's character, yes, right? He, his dad? No, yeah. no, 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 no. I'm talking about oh. the Suicide Squad. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh... I don't know, man. I, I, I have faith in james gunn he has given me no reason to not trust him and even though i am sad that cavill is gone i'm willing to see what happens my biggest like request don't give me origin stories anymore if you want to do an origin story of martian manhunter i have been sitting here railing that i want martian manhunter on the big screen like he in the justice league tv show he was one of my favorite characters and he's the motherfucker who put the justice league together so like give Mm -hmm. that man his due like i would love an entire movie about Martian Manhunter. But, like, Marvel, in the... Is it Phase 1 was, like, the stuff up to Endgame? Whatever whatever that chunk was. Well, yeah, so so Phases 1 through 3 are in Marvel are what's okay. considered the, the Infinity Saga. So, yeah. the, so the Infinity Saga was 
helmed by one person with a vision. Obviously, other people did stuff, and they built, and they did good stuff. I am not like somebody who's going to knock like what's happening in this new phase until I see everything that's happened. Like there have been some high mm-hmm. points and some low points, but I'm not going to like I, I want to see the whole thing. So let's see what Gunn does. Like he has given me no reason to not trust him, and yeah, it just sucks. Like I I fucking love DC so much. Like I'm willing to accept shit too. Like my favorite Batman movie is Batman Forever. Like I I stand by that. And so I don't need perfect. I just need it to be DC. Yes, and and not DC trying to imitate Marvel. Yes, don't. Because I personally feel like DC is best when DC is dark. Agreed, yeah. And everything that James Gunn has done for DC has been dark. So I, part of me also wonders if, DC in their agreement with James Gunn is going to let him make PG-13 slash R-rated material. Yeah, I I mean, you're right. All we can do is wait and see. I, uh... I, I wish that, that the the way that, like, Snyder had envisioned things worked out. Yep. Obviously, it didn't. Yep. I wish that I wish that Ben Affleck had been given the chance to make his movie that he had written. Oh, me too. Me too. Um... But you're right. All we can do is is wait and see. All um, I know is if he says he's going to have a TED talk breaking down his vision for the DCU, I will uh, <laughs> I will be there. I will be watching the yeah. live stream of that. <laughs> yeah, he'll he'll do he'll do his own version of like what Kevin Feige does every year. Yes. He gets out on stage like, all right, here's this giant PowerPoint of what we're exactly. doing. Exactly, and I was they're taking notes, just ready to go. So, so, <laughs> right. so I'm happy to know you're in the same boat as me because I have talked to some people who are like really pissed off or like really afraid or really, and it's like, don't get me wrong. Losing Henry Cavill sucks. It does. Of, of, of everything that we have lost, everything that sounds like it's over of this of that previous genre, because Zack Snyder was already gone, so I already like licked my wounds with that one. To get right. Cavill back and then to lose him again does suck. But hey, it just gives us all a reason to go learn and play Warhammer, right? That's a pretty dope announcement. Like it's <laughs> it. I I I forget that. Cavill is as big of a nerd as he is. Yeah. Like I forget that. I forget that the man streamed himself building a PC, and and it, it almost missed an audition because he was playing World of Warcraft. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry for that brief introduction. Like I said we're just in here talking, so and I haven't had a chance to talk to you about it because we don't. I don't play Destiny anymore, so I'm not in the party chat. <laughs> okay. My TV. Um. I finished Dragula Titans. Do you watch Dragula at all? No, I do not. All right. So the queen that I picked, I actually um, had to sign my soul away. I have to call someone daddy until I watch and review a couple of horror porn comedies with them and others. (laughs) Uh, But it, it all turned out for the best because not only did my queen, Victoria Elizabeth Black, win, she is the first Dragula Titan. Um... I also won our little Dragula League over with the Zombie Girls. So it was worth it, Daddy. It was worth it. I watched Andor. Yeah, I I have yet to watch it, but okay. I've heard it's pretty fantastic. So I will not spoil anything. Um, okay. I will say it is very good. It's going to start slow, and it's going to... 
like the first couple episodes i was like where are we building to with this where's it gonna go and then i think like episode four or five it like takes off because it's like similar to dune the book i was telling you about right like it sets mm-hmm. everything up and it gets going i will say the thing that i loved about it the most is that it dived into the character of mon mothma oh nice okay um and i've read a lot of like star wars books and played a lot of star wars games like and i really didn't know a lot about like her pre-rebellion and that was my favorite part of the whole show was mon mothma so if if you're willing to take a dive into some deeper star wars characters and lore i think that that is right there for you i need to do like like the way that i used to do marvel watches i need to do that with star wars like mm-hmm. like rebels you know clone wars if you're going to do clone shows. wars let me know i'll send you like the clone wars tv show is like super out of order and it's recommend- yeah that's what i've heard yeah so mm-hmm. i have a list i sent it to rachel for her first watch through of it too that makes it a lot more enjoyable it's a little bit more of a pain hopping around but with disney plus it's not that bad would you say that andor matches the tone of rogue one yes 100 percent. okay cool yes and I, I i was waiting for it to be all done so i could binge it and that's what i did um it was very very good so nice okay yeah, and I, i've seen it's gotten a lot of like award recognition and i think it's well deserved too like i said for me just there's a lot of cool stuff in it regardless but to learn more about mon mothma like that was she's such a pivotal character in the fucking rebellion and like the new order or the, or the new republic mm-hmm. so like and to, when i was watching I, was like, I i knew none of this about her so that was really cool nice okay um i have two episodes left in lego masters season three um all right it's like my and Devin's like lighthearted, like after a long day show because it's like there's there's, there's nothing there's no there's no drama there's no like anything like that it's literally this light-hearted lego building very cool yeah um i watched star wars tales of the jedi season one do you know what that is so i've heard of it but i didn't really look too much into it except i may have seen like clips or tiktoks of like clips of episodes or something okay so it's only like six or seven episodes and each episode's like 19 to like 20 minutes long Mm-hmm. And it's in the style of Clone Wars, so it's like animated. And right. it is the story of Ahsoka and Count Dooku. Like, Count Dooku, like, when he was first starting out as, like, a Jedi master before he... Mm-hmm. Um, it was super short, like I said, and you can knock it out probably in one setting, which is what I did when I was grinding out Final Fantasy VI, which we'll get to later on. Um, holy shit similar to like mon mothma like you don't know a lot about like old dooku you know of, of him like clone wars stuff but you don't know like the start of his rise and i thought that this again dove into a character that we don't get a lot with so and it's super short too so that was cool yeah i uh i i'm not like the hugest star wars fan mm-hmm. but uh I think the time period that I would always want to dive into with that is like Jedi at the height of their power kind of thing. Hundred like percent. I find that I find that really intriguing. My favorite, I, I am literally right there with you. Like my favorite is Episode Two, to like six months post Episode Three, like when Vader is like at peak fucking rage, going out and just murdering people mm-hmm. because he he lost his god because at that point he doesn't even have control of his senses and he's just going out killing mass people so right. no 
I I totally totally agree. Um, like I mentioned, in the movies I watched the Santa Claus is a TV show. Um, if you like the Tim Allen movies and you aren't looking for anything like, again, it's just light Disney Christmas fare. It was enjoyable. Cal Penn is a character in it. Nice. Okay. And I, I love Cal Penn. Um, mm-hmm. We get some like throwbacks to some old characters in it, um, and they kind of set up a like a, a they call it the Yule verse, but it's like a like a multiverse of Santa Clauses. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> and like I said, it was it was it was perfect in a pre-Christmas build-up. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then I mentioned I finished a series of unfortunate event books. I am actually for the first time watching the TV show on Netflix. I, nice. Okay. I finished season one. I've got the first episodes of season two down, so I'm through the Austere Academy, which is like book five. Um, that show is great. Have you seen it? I have not seen the show. I think I saw the that first movie. Okay, with Jim, with, with Carrey. Jim Carrey. Yeah, and Jim yeah. Carrey was good, but Neil Patrick Harris plays Count Olaf in the TV show, and he is. I mean, he's amazing as it is, but like playing Count Olaf, he is so good. Um, nice okay i love it and the guy who voices kronk in the emperor's new groove Mm -hmm. he plays lemony snicket so he's the one like narrating stuff it is a very droll tone it's Mm -hmm. it's good i i i'm actually kind of upset i slept on it for so long and so i have obviously i'm gonna finish that staying on netflix when we were kind of spitballing what to do we realized that there was a show that neither of us had watched yet and we obviously because it was last night who knew we couldn't get all of it in but we promised we would watch the first two episodes of wednesday can i just like say real fast the irony i just realized that we decided to watch wednesday on a wednesday <laughs> we did we did <laughs> what did you think of the first two episodes of tim burton's wednesday well, first of all, I'm four episodes deep in it. Oh, you bastard! <laughs> so. Okay, I stopped! I stopped! Well, granted, Devin you had... You told me you would have it finished by then. If my wife didn't I... have to work, I had to stop. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> well, I won't... Uh, okay, so I won't say anything that would relate to those okay. last two episodes, but... Man, I... I came into this honestly being so fatigued with it already because over of social TikTok. media yes exactly dude like my like if you roll through like instagram <laughs> real feeds yes. it is nothing but that dance scene of her yeah to lady gaga sped up song and i'm just like i'm so tired of seeing this uh-huh. like it's not cool if you're like the 80th person to repost this today <laughs> all right and and it had been a long time since i've seen the christina ricci version yes so I go in there, and I am a big Tim Burton fan. Oh, me too. too. Like, from, from the Batman films to, you know, to Beetlejuice and all of that. Uh, Sweeney Todd. Edward Scissorhands so, still makes me cry every time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was, you know, I felt that it, I knew it was going to be in good hands. Uh, I don't know if you caught this, but, like, even one of the writers for for this was his on his writing crew for the Michael Keaton Batman movies. Really? Alfred no, Goff. I did not catch Alfred that. Alfred Goff, Yeah. And obviously Danny Elfman is here doing yeah, the score. Yeah, Danny Elfman does the score. Yeah. So it's like it's kind of like watching that all over again. And, but um 
it took me a bit in the first episode but there's something about the way jenna ortega plays wednesday somehow just draws me in because she she she's so stoic and so she, you know playing a stoic character you have to bring out your emotion in other ways you have to act in other ways and somehow she i think she does it so she, like i fell in love with jenna ortega she was in season two of you she was the, mm -hmm. in the babysitter movie sequel and so like i i've always like kind of liked her and when i saw this I was like yeah she looks like her but it's it's very similar to like when some when heath ledger was cast right to play the joker it's like mm -hmm. jack nicholson killed it and heath ledger's a good actor but like what's he gonna do with it mm -hmm. jenna ortega killed it man like i every line she delivers like i'm literally sitting there snickering like a fucking idiot like just she's so droll and so deadpan and like everything she exudes is just like perfect for what i imagine wednesday to be like holy shit she is perfect as wednesday adams i agree she's she has this like gravity to her mm -hmm. um that everybody seems to kind of like even her roommate who's like the super chipper yeah, yeah. like the like the i call her like the hyper version of luna lovegood <laughs> yeah like, that's, that's perfect <laughs> that's perfect and but but like just everybody just finds a way to be around her mm -hmm. and like any issues i may have with the show have nothing to do with her it's just i'm getting kind of like a like a harry potter vibe Dude, me too i thought that last yeah. night it like like especially yeah. like, after the boat race like i was getting yeah. some really heavy harry potter vibes and i could not put my finger on it thank you okay yeah I'm not crazy like, and, and it's it's and another another show that i've seen like the first season of that did this i don't know if you've ever seen this show on um i think it's on amazon or hulu or something now uh but it was an original sci-fi show called the magicians oh no it's because the magicians is kind of the same way too it's okay. like it's like a cross between harry potter and narnia okay but um but yeah so like i'm i can't really say i'm like play like tired and played out from the whole like outcasts coming to the established school and just and they're somehow like the catalyst to every bad shit that happens in it or whatever so like we'll see how like the the season plays out so that's maybe my only real complaint with it it's just like i've seen this kind of thing before but yeah as far as as far as like the the characters like like not even just her like Catherine zeta jones as morticia i think she did pretty well um gomez is all like yeah another role that like I mean, louise guman stepped into the shoes of somebody who many people just consider to be gomez adams and i thought he did great too and pugsley yeah. is great seeing christina ricci pop up in a role um Brianna i saw an Tarr. interview clip about about um about christina ricci uh i think it was when jenna was on one of these like late night talk shows okay. or whatever um and they somebody asked her about about the dynamic between her and Christina Ricci. Uh -huh. And she said, we haven't really talked about it. We haven't talked about the obvious elephant in the room that I'm playing her character. Yeah. It's more like we had this like unspoken look, like we looked at each other in the eyes and we just sort of had this unspoken agreement that I was not going to try to copy her. And she was not going to try to judge me on how I, how well I did. And dude, I, I didn't know Christina Ricci was going to be in it. So I was, 
I, yeah, I thought she was going to be like a cameo in the first episode and that's it. But no, she's been in every episode. Cool, cool. I'm, I, I could watch Christina Ricci all day. So, so no, I... Dev and I have been talking about it. We're going to watch some more episodes tonight when she gets home from work. Um, and we're probably going to finish it tomorrow. So, I... It's it's very good. And the one thing I'll say, too, is like there are times where I, I don't realize it's a Tim Burton property. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times... I love Tim Burton. You can definitely tell it's a Tim Burton movie. There are some mm-hmm. times where it's kind of just its own thing, and I think that's impressive for a filmmaker like Tim Burton. <laughs> yeah. Um, since you've seen the first two episodes, yes. you know that like she's she plays the cello. Yes. In it, which she plays which uh, black uh, painted black painted painted black, which I thought was you know a little on the nose, but no, okay. I don't care. Give me like, Rolling Stones. I mean, I'm it sounds don't don't get me wrong. It sounds really good, <laughs> except there was an episode of Westworld where they the exact same thing happened they played because westworld if you if you've never seen it westworld has this thing where it's very common them for to do orchestral versions of popular songs so they've done an orchestral painted black before that almost sounded the exact same as it did in wednesday and i was like i've heard this before i have only seen the first season of painted black of painted black westworld Westworld. thank you (laughs) (laughs) no it's okay like it didn't really bother me it's just kind of i just kind of had to giggle a bit okay um but uh but no like i i thought i thought that the cellos part was really cool because yeah. it's just it just adds it adds a bit of depth to her because like from what i remember from christina ricci's version like she was more about like always trying to stab somebody with something yeah <laughs> and always do is doing like the really like murderous intense stuff but like i feel like they they gave her more things that she likes to do on her own in the show like i like definitely writing feel and like music. she is more developed mm-hmm. like about my she wasn't i'm more just saying like it definitely feels like we're getting a more fully recognized version of wednesday and yes. credit to the writers I'm- to tim burton as a director and then obviously jenna ortega bringing that to life yeah also i would, I would thing is fucking perfect oh my god it, yeah right like the, like some weird form of sign language is how they communicate <laughs> yes. and god it, it i i'm i root for thing like a lot of Me times too. in the show <laughs> Me too. when he was swimming to take out the uh the mermaid like mm-hmm. they, oh, dude it's just i don't know it's very special and i i i love it when tv hits it out of the park you know Mm-hmm. Me too. So, uh, I love it. All right, we have one last section. I've kind of kept you a little bit longer, but it's fine. We're having fun. I hope. I hope you're having fun. Oh, I, oh yeah. I'm, I have. <laughs> this is like the highlight of my day. Okay. So. <laughs> so games. I would say let's save the ones we want to talk about at length for the end. So I know what yours, yeah. and what mine is. So why don't you tell me what games you've been playing or beaten recently? Well, so yeah, I've I've been tackling a lot of like smaller stuff because um, I think I mentioned this on the last time I was on the show, but I also now do uh, volunteer freelance writing for Forever Classic Games. Yes, and I have found um, your writing to be very good, so I'm excited. Thank you. Both you I and Justin that. out there writing some really fun game stuff, so that's super cool. Um, so there's a lot of like stuff that I'm trying to tackle that's not like the big AAA games, mm-hmm. um, and Xbox Game Pass helps with that a lot. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> you can just pull whatever so there are two games that uh i recently played on pc game pass that have been really interesting okay. um one uh i just actually um i wrote a review for this just a few days ago and it just went live today 
Um, it is for a game called Pentiment. I have heard it's, of that. It's so interesting. So it's made by Obsidian, the people that made games like Fallout New Vegas. Oh, okay, perfect. And uh, The Outer Worlds. Yes, my wife, my yeah, wife yeah, played yeah. that, yep. Mm-hmm. So, but it's nothing like any of those. It's it's like this 2D uh, point-and-click murder mystery game. And the art style is like medieval stained glass window or a medieval like literature book. Like that, that very particular type of hand-drawn style. And yeah, you just play as this, this artist in this Bavarian uh, monastery. He's like visiting just to practice his craft. And he gets caught up in like the drama and uh going ons of these town people and like a murder that happens in it and so you're committing uh like your own investigation like you're going around you're talking to people you're trying to gather evidence um there's like a, a branching off dialogue system um it was really interesting and it, it didn't try to do like a whole lot of things but like the things that it did try to do i think it nailed um this game got a lot of like nines and tens okay. from review publications uh since the re the uh review is now live i can tell you i gave it an overall score of nine okay. um out of ten thought it was pretty good yeah, i thought it was really good um awesome. So the other one that really kind of blew me away too was, and this one actually might uh, be on y'all's radar because it's sort of horror-like, mm -hmm. is called Immortality. What is that? Um, so it is a kind of like a found footage game where uh, you as the player, you're, you're nameless, you don't really have like a function in it or whatever in the story, but you are scrubbing through um, all of this footage of these three different films that never got released like in this in the game story they never got released okay. um all based off of this one actress like she was in these three films and for some reason or another none of these films were ever released and now she's disappeared and so you're trying to solve this the mystery and story of like what happened why did these movies never get released what happened to her so it's a lot of like scrubbing through clips of different things whether it's like them filming on set um or it's like candid videos that are taken interview footage um table reads just all this little thing and so you can like scrub through it at whatever pace you want to you can click on stuff in the frame and it will like link you to another video to unlock um and what that thing started out to me think to be it was like okay well i've played stuff like this before it's just kind of like a quick little mystery we need to find mm -hmm. but what what it turned into was something i was not expecting okay. so okay and it's and it's um it's it's all done by like live actors too oh fun okay yeah and i'll tell you this too like this is not a game that you play with children around this game has some very graphic uh sexual scenes in it and other things like stuff i was not expecting in a video game okay okay <laughs> i was like oh i was like oh we're doing this okay <laughs> so um that was me and the last you know, of us too in the boat <laughs> yeah I was like, okay Whoa. yeah so, so yeah yeah exactly but so, I, I am um, a i am a prude so i didn't know if that was just me <laughs> um so yeah, th those are the last two games that I've done like reviews on. Okay. Um, and then I I'm just trying to play other stuff. I'm currently playing High on Life, which is like 
the game that's from the same sort of spiritual universe as like Rick and Morty. It's like oh. those writers okay. did it. it. It's it's this very Is that the irreverent... one with the movies inside of it? Yes, I just watched. I, I, I was waiting for you to say that because I did watch the first 20 minutes of <laughs> Tammy and the T-Rex in this film. And I've movie. never seen... <laughs> I've never seen this film, but I'm watching this going, what the hell am I watching? Oh, yeah. You Denise Richards it. and Paul Walker. Yeah. Oh, my finish God. Finish it and listen to our review of it. Holy crap, that was <laughs> something. But, yeah, so it's an interesting one. Uh, you know, the guns talk to you in the most irreverent. Cool. And just, just yeah, it's, 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 it's fun. It's a fun game that does not take itself seriously at all. So that's, that's kind of like my current project. Okay, cool. So for myself, I am playing two things currently. I am playing OG Final Fantasy VII. Um, yeah. I have not played that game since 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, it's fun. Uh, it's fun going back. Um, I'm I'm doing like I'm trying to get a 100% completion with the achievements on Steam for all the mainline Final Fantasy games. Okay. Um, and luckily on this one a lot of like the harder trophies that exist on playstation like going on a date with barrett and stuff don't exist so the hardest one is like the materia stuff like not missing materia mm-hmm. so that's cool and then i actually cracked out my game boy sp and i'm playing pokemon sapphire um oh, okay yeah just like when I'm, before i go to bed like listen to my audiobook i just listen there playing it i got my third gym badge last night so just like a relaxing kind of thing to play um I beat two games, one I'll save for later, but the one I did beat that I want to talk about is uh, Final Fantasy VI Pixel Remaster. Mm-hmm. Um, got 100% completion. The hardest trophy for that one was uh, getting Lucky Sevens with uh, Siegfried, or Seltzer's character. Um, just a lot of grinding and luck based for that one. But those Pixel Remasters had so much love into them to make them not only more accessible for like a modern generation but like the score and just the way the the combat like automating combat in a lot of ways a lot of like like quality of life fixes to make it better um i could not recommend them more like i said i would i would 100 completed one through six on steam and i would recommend doing that to anybody if you like rpgs i I found them to be remarkable. Like, just really works of love by Square. And I I don't know if, if you played those old Final Fantasies, like 1 through 6. I didn't start playing Final Fantasy until 7. Okay. Um, so, no, I did not get to play the 1 through 6. Though I, I've heard so many good things about 6. Like, I know 6 is, like, widely loved. And, like, it's, like I said, I think I've only ever played and beaten 6 one time, because, like, it never really held that for me. And, like, even though I I definitely... It didn't move up in, like, my Master Final Fantasy rankings, it's still a very, very good game. Like, Terra is a good protagonist. Kefka is an amazing villain who really doesn't get the props he deserves. Um, And, like, the score in it is just beautiful. I... If you're interested at all, Margaret, I think that the Pixel Remaster for six might be something you should look into. Like, it is a lot of fun. Okay. And like I said, the, the quality of life improvements when it comes to, like, quick saving in dungeons and, like, auto saves. Like, if you don't save before a boss fight and you mess up, like, it has like a, a built-in auto save system so you don't die. 
or you don't like go way way back and like lose a bunch of time right right um like it speeds up battle if you need it to and stuff it it's really good those pixel remasters were were really well done by square enix and i think they deserve a lot of credit so i think some of those quality of life improvements were put into the like the playstation one ones right like i think i tried to play final fantasy 8 somewhat recently and i noticed that some of that was in there yes i it so the, the version of 7 i am playing does not have those but the version of 7 i played on the ps4 when i 100 did it on that six seven years ago now uh do have that like the speed up time and like the fix your health kind of stuff like those mm-hmm. do exist in um the ps4 version i yeah because i really have desire to go back and play eight again because i haven't the last time i finished eight was i was a kid well and like that that's my number one favorite of all time so i am going so i'm playing seven right now i'm going to play the crisis core remake and then i'm going to play intergrade because i never actually played like the dlc for seven remake and I'm mm-hmm. gonna play eight so if you can give me like two months probably i would love to play through eight with you yeah i was gonna say let me know when you play it because i uh that that would give me something to kind of commit to to make sure that i get on and play it like every night so perfect okay all right now we each have a game we want to talk about and since you are my guest why don't you tell me about callisto protocol and your thoughts on it yeah, so uh, for those who may not know what this game is, um, Callisto Protocol is pretty much if you took like Dead Space and just gave it to another team to try to make their version of it. Um, it's not a Dead Space game. It's not like an interpretation in, in that kind of sense. It's more like a spiritual successor, uh, kind of the, the skeleton form of it. But uh, in the game, you play as this guy who is a freight transporter um obviously this is in the future uh mm-hmm. and he gets mistakenly thrown into this into this prison that's on one of jupiter's moons callisto and then while he's in prison everything goes to hell everybody gets infected and turns them into like these monsters and so it's your job pretty much to kind of get out right um there were some things about this game that did feel very dead spacey to me and you've played dead space right uh, yes, we, we actually played all three of them last season. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. Okay. So there's a lot there's a lot of that blueprint in it. Um, you know, the camera angle, the life bar on the back of your neck kind of thing, like with no actual HUD. Um, you know, getting money to buy like weapon upgrades, that kind of thing. So that part was in it. Um, but beyond that, I felt this was more of a... There were times where you had to like actually be stealthy um and then there were times where you just kind of run and gun um because you're given you're given like a melee baton to do a lot of your damage with um and then you got like more you have more weapons i think that you can hold than like a dead space game and thankfully this is a system where guns don't hold any inventory space so you don't have to worry about that but like you can carry all of your weapons with you you can go around and just go to town and full disclosure i did play this on easy okay um hey no, I no was judgment playing... for me man there mm. are some games where i'll play on hard like i still need to go back and finish my 100 percent of resident evil 4 because i haven't done it on professional mode yet but mm-hmm. since justin had me playing all these games i respect the easy mode <laughs> yeah and i think like i was starting to play it on normal but i think part of it was like i was 
when I was playing this, I was also playing two or three other games at the same time. And I noticed that like, if I, if I put too much on my plate, if something is not going perfect for me in, in one game, I get really annoyed with it. And it's just, the, it's the normal stuff that you would run into from like a normal game mode. It's just that because I feel kind of that pressure to get the game done, I'm like, okay, well, what do I do here? Do I give the game up or do I drop it down to easy and just play through it for the experience? And so I decided to do the latter and I'm kind of glad that I did. Uh -huh. um, one of the things that was like tripping me up on normal mode was this game has like this really odd dodge system that is built into the same stick that you use to move your character around, the left analog stick. So you have to like dodge left or right or whatever. And like, it's kind of punishing if you don't do it right. Like you, you can die pretty quickly in this game. So that part was kind of messing with me. And I do wish this game had a better like map system. This game has no map to speak of. That's so... very frustrating. If I were to probably put one complaint about Destiny is how bad the map is. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I get that. And like Dead Space was really cool because not only did it have just a basic map system, but it had that, that feature where you could hit a button and it points like a laser yes. in the yeah. direction of where you need to go. Mm -hmm. And I love that as a completionist because like I want to explore everywhere. Yeah. And if I'm at if, I, if I'm at a fork in the road and I, I get nervous because like what happens if I go this way and it moves the story along and then I can't backtrack to go see what was over here and get like the extra money that could help me or whatever so that's what i loved about dead space but this game callista protocol does not have anything like that i have also um, heard it, that it's kind of dead How, what do you think about that like it's very sparse yeah i it's it's it the, the story is pretty straightforward okay like there's not much in the way of depth to it. I will say I was a little impressed with the voice acting and the, the model capture. It's because the character that you play as is voiced and modeled by, as um, it's Josh Demel. Oh, um, okay. He, yeah, from like the Transformers movies and all that. Yep. <clears throat> and then um, the other main person that you interact with, she's like a resistance member or something. Uh I, her name escapes me, but it's the actress from uh, The Boys, the Asian actress. Oh, uh, Karen something. Fukunaga, yes, I think, maybe? Yeah, something like that, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she is in this game, too. And and um, I've only ever seen her in The Boys, so to see yes. her talk this much is kind of crazy to me. But uh, so, yeah, those two, like, their interactions are not bad. Um, and... I think they're trying to build like a franchise with this game because there's there's like a season pass you can get with extra dlc that'll come out later and they kind of set up for like other stuff i guess but yeah i i can see that 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 criticism that it feels kind of dead mm -hmm. it's because there's there's not much like the lore in it is like the lore pickups or whatever are, are just id tags from the different people that okay. you find dead okay. and they may have like a video or a, like an audio recording to them but it's nothing it's nothing that like greatly deepens the story at all so i i found myself just more of like just trying to go from point a to point b and the jump scares were either very predictable or like they weren't they weren't very scary at all okay so okay so would you say that is this a play now wait for a sale or skip wait wait for a sale if you're gonna play it okay. it's 
I, I, I wish that I had better things to say about it, but like it, it, it's a game that that a lot of people expected to be like a Dead Space clone kind of. Yes, that's what I kind of expected. It, yeah, yeah, but it didn't. It didn't really even deliver on that for me. Like the, there wasn't that kind of like unique urgency to it. Okay. Um. So yeah, I'd say wait for it on to go on sale if you're gonna play it. Okay. Perfect. And then the game I kind of want to talk about, and I technically beat it last night because I unlocked all of the regular characters and I unlocked all of the maps uh, and actually beat the DLC without realizing it, uh, is Vampire Survivors. Mm -hmm. So I found it because I am a sucker for anything vampires. Like, I will give anything with the word vampire in the title a shot. Uh, and it was on sale for the winter sale for like three bucks. And I had never played what I found out the term yesterday is called a bullet hell game before. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, this game is crack cocaine. Uh, I cannot stop playing it. All I want to do is think about it and how I can like do different things to like make my characters better um, and like have better runs. I have like so you basically you're a character. You kill the minions of hell. They drop stuff. You get weapons. Weapons can combine to create better versions of weapons. Um, there's a max time limit of 30 minutes and at 30 minutes the Grim Reaper comes and kills you which apparently you can kill the Grim Reaper so that's my next goal um, it's amazing like I it is so crazy that a game for $3 has so much content plays so smoothly and is just so much goddamn fun like I I I, I there's 159 achievements on Steam for this, and I plan on getting every single one. It is so much fun. I've heard, I've heard about it being that addictive by several it people. It is. Yes. It is. And the thing is, it's like we were kind of talking about earlier about like if you were to come back to streaming, like what that would look like. Because like when you're playing story games, especially if you're first time playing a story game, you want to wait play the story. Like you want to enjoy the, the game. Right. This is the kind of game that if you played on twitch stream would be easy because like you can sit there and talk with chat while you're i my main character is the panda is just like eviscerating the spawn of hell yeah that that would be something that i can almost mindlessly yeah. do and probably really enjoy it yeah <laughs> and i just like i just think it's it's just so much fun and then justin and tuck were mentioning in the chat binding of isaac was mm -hmm. another one that's very similar and then the crypt of the gungan or something like that was the other one it's not gungan it's a gungeon because i made a jar jar joke which yeah yeah I, I, i've heard of that one mm -hmm. <laughs> and i don't know it's uh it's so good like i could not recommend it more to anybody like even if you just like if you especially if like you're a very busy person you don't have a lot of time to play video games like you can't commit like the 30 40 hours to a final fantasy 6 or however many hours it takes to beat like the new god of war ragnarok you can sit down for an hour and have a hell of a time playing this okay so i highly recommend it and then the last thing marcus if we if you ever get the itch and it's on sale to play gotham knights i'll play with you justin liked it right i think he so he, he played he it when we were at the cabin together yeah and then like he also got god of war and i think he immediately just like never went back to it right <laughs> that's fair so like part of me and like from what i've heard from people i've heard that 
it's a little dead because I just played Arkham Asylum and I'm going to play Arkham City because I've been wanting to play them anyway and then after the passing of excuse me, Kevin Nolan I feel like it's the right time to play through those three games mm-hmm. um, and I don't know I'm excited the, the tra- I, I know the trailer from the Game Awards of the Suicide Squad game finding out that the last performance we're ever going to get from Kevin Nolan as Batman is going to be in that game Mm-hmm. made that an immediate pre-order and i don't pre-order shit anymore well yeah and that that's the one that's that rocksteady is doing yeah. and you know they did the arkham mm-hmm. games those arkham so. games are so good dude like talking about like in, intuitive yeah. maps and like storytelling and just world building like i totally forgot in arkham asylum when you're under scarecrow's gas for the third time and like you and joker have flipped places and like you get killed mm-hmm. by joker and it's like the game over screen when it's not a real game over <laughs> yep like i just that game came out what yeah, 2009 arkham... 2008 it had no it had no business being that good the arkham games are next like when it comes to like series that i'm like trying to play through uh, over again um i have one more that i need to play in the uncharted series but after that i think i'm gonna go back and and tackle the arkham games again because i I love them like i have no problem in in arkham city collecting however many of those riddler trophies are on there's a god absolutely i could not agree (laughs) more like like, i have no interest in getting like the 100 completion because i don't want to do like the the combat challenges but i'll find i'll find every riddle absolutely yeah anything that's like in the game in the story part of the game yeah i'll do it 100 percent and like the cool thing is is those riddles like tie into like the deeper batman rogue gallery and like lore it they're so good they're so good it's Mm -hmm. so so good all right well that's the end of our discussion i want to play a quick commercial from a member podcast a kaleidoscope media network and then we'll head on in to the closing ghosts split souls monsters sociopathic villains, cold-blooded murders, and nightmares becoming reality. Does this sound like horror to you? Actually, these are all things that can be found in the Harry Potter series. It can be scarier than you might think. I'm Katie. And I'm Audrey. And in our podcast, Wizard Studies, we talk about all these parts of the wizarding world and even some more lighthearted stuff. We can be found anywhere you listen to your podcasts and on Instagram and Facebook as Wizard Studies Podcast and Twitter as Wizard Studies. Now back to your regularly scheduled horror talk on Here's Johnny. All right, Marcus, as long as Justin is back and healthy, next week we are going to be doing your special episode. I was wondering if you could give the quick 15, 20 second elevator pitch about what our listeners should expect from that episode. So since our or y'all seasonal discussion is all about religion, yes, uh, I would like to have a, a conversation with you all at, about the idea of religion in our world and how it can mask the fears that people have about so many things, mm-hmm. but also how it can be used as a weapon of fear to manipulate people. So I have found a couple articles that I've found really good. Um, I'm at, and when I, I told you when you designed this that I was really excited and I think it's going to be a very very fun discussion so I'm pumped uh, it'll it'll be a fun one for yes, sure very very deep I think yes and the last thing before we get on out of here why don't you plug your stuff like your your writing page yeah. your twitter your twitch all that stuff 
yeah yeah so um as i said i write for forever classic games mm -hmm. so you can you know my you'll find me on there is marcus brown that's my name and he does post um, his articles over on the here's johnny discord as well i do i do yeah so you can find my stuff on there um on twitter and instagram and tiktok and now that they've introduced youtube handles you can do it like this too oh, cool. so on all of my socials you can just find me at at ginger thrust perfect um as larry said i i have been taking a hiatus from streaming decided to kind of take the last couple months off to sort of get my head right and make sure i'm doing it for the right reasons but i do believe that come january i will be returning and i'm also on twitch as ginger thrust i'm pumped i never um, my, my sub is still active i'm still a founder i appreciate you larry's one of my my first he's one he has that first I do, badge on I there do. um yeah i and on twitch i play a lot of destiny stuff then a lot of like story stuff um i try to do like something very exciting like apex legends or something like that every now and, and then. marcus so, is great at the destiny stuff he was my first sherpa through pretty much like it was like him and shannon through like all of the destiny 2 raids like they helped me really get into it so if you go into his chat when he's doing that kind of stuff he's also very good at explaining what's happening so that's cool too especially for the i i am a huge destiny lord yes. that is true very yes. cool to do okay well that's it guys thanks for hanging out with us and until next time stay scary the here's johnny podcast is brought to you by larry and justin you can find the show on twitter at here's johnny cast and you can find larry at beaver la you can find justin at pickle thing and you can email the show at here's johnny podcast at gmail.com you can look us up on facebook at here's johnny podcast as always in the show notes you can find links to the discord and to the website we are also on instagram at here's johnny underscore podcast also in the show notes we'll have a link to the twitch and youtube channels and if you would like to support the show you can head on over to patreon.com slash here's johnny podcast every cent goes into the show and yeah we just really use it to make the show better again i just want to say thank you very much to our patrons uh, you guys help make this possible but yeah patreon is the way we support the show we are looking to get rich and like justin said every dollar every cent it all goes back in there's some pretty cool tiers so head on look at that but until next week see you guys later